Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. It is a dark and dour Monday after a Steeler loss. No sunshine. Kath, welcome back. I think the entire time you've been gone last week, mm-hmm. the sun was out maybe 15 minutes. Right, exactly. And I'm, I'm just putting that on you. Yeah. It, oh, you think it was me? Well, it has something, you know, oh, you, the sun does shine with you. That's sweet, John. I appreciate that. Well, I'm glad you're back, but yeah. the sun is not with you. No, the sun is not with me. Though, I understand it's going to be sunny the rest of the week. Is it? Yeah, Very I heard nice. that. I wonder if the person who told me that knew what they were talking about. Is that Joe DiNardo's no. grandson? It's Weather Kitty. Oh, well, is that your app? You know Weather Kitty. I do not. You don't know Weather Kitty? No. Oh, that's sad because you get a different kitty every day and yeah. the cat tells you what the weather is. <laughs> the cat tells you the weather how? Well, with this a is... very cute photograph oh, of I the see. cat. Uh-huh. I've picked the particular application that includes a one cat and one dog mm-hmm. photo. I see. I like it a lot. Um, and then you just scroll down and it tells you what's happening. The so daily. tomorrow it's going to be sunny. Nice. There's not even a cloud on the little picture. Oh, I love it. Now Fabulous. it's still going to be cold, 37 degrees. Um, and it will get rainier as the week goes on, but it will also get much warmer. So like uh, Sunday, mm. 40 degrees. Excellent. Friday, 44 degrees. Yeah, I'm glad it is because the the leaves have been so wet. And uh, this is our last week for leaf, leaf pickup. Oh, all right. So I want to get some leaves out there. I thought you didn't rake leaves. I thought you told me you stopped raking leaves. Uh, in my in the backyard, I do. But in, on the side and on the front... I'm raking them. You still believe in it? Oh yeah, I have right, to. Good. A little clean up there. Good for you. But I'm hoping to enlist the uh, the kid at home. Yeah. Well, good luck on that. No, no, no. Come on. You just got there and do it. Well, okay. Good. I mean, listen. He's you're the enforcer. You no, can do no it. No problem at all. That's his gig. We got that down. All right. Speaking of kids. Yeah. There was a study uh, trying to assess whether screen time is actually bad for kids' brains. Of course now, it listen, is. Do we really need a screen to tell us that? No. Or I mean, do we really need a test to tell us that? No. No. I mean, don't we all know instinctively that there's something screwed up when your kid's looking at their phone all the time? Yes, which is most kids most of the time. Which is so we're talking about the sixty-minute piece yeah. last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they reported early results from the ABCD study that stands for Adolescent Brain Cognitive Development, mm. which is a inexpensive project at three hundred million dollars. Mm. It's a project financed by the National Institutes of Health, and they're aiming to reveal how brain development is affected by a range of experiences, including substance use concussions and screen time right now as part of the expose on screen time 60 minutes last night reported that heavy screen use was associated with lower scores on some aptitude tests and to accelerated quote cortical thinning cortical cortical like Mm -hmm. the the stem cortical thinning cortical thinning really now here's the thing none of us have any idea whether that's a good thing or a bad thing it sounds bad doesn't it it sounds worrisome it sounds like you don't want your 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 cortical to be thin. There's a spray for that, right? You just spray it on, <laughs> wipe it off. There's also an app for that. It'll thicken up. Okay, they say, though, that's a natural process in some children. So there is some cortical thinning that occurs naturally. Right. I've anyway. gone through that years ago. And cortical thinning? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so thin now. It's like taffy stretched. <laughs> but the data, they say, is preliminary, and it's unclear whether the effects are lasting or even meaningful. So here's the thing. The bottom line of reading this big article that the New York Times put out about this mm-hmm. is they don't know. Hmm. No. They don't know. They don't know. That's the bottom line. They don't know. Every mom and every dad will tell you, we know. It's not good for you. But still, we do Okay, but listen. Okay, so they say, does does being on your phone change your brain? 
I bet it does. Because the answer is yes, of course. But it says everything else that your kid does changes their brain too. Yeah, but so this is something when your new. kid sleeps, when your kid does homework, when they play soccer, when they fight, when they grow up in poverty, if they're vaping behind the school, they said the adolescent brain continually changes or rewires itself in response to daily experience that goes all the way until the mid 20s. Yes. So, yes, yeah, so the phone is changing the way their brains work, but so is everything else. So, no, is it really that big of a deal? It's a huge deal. All right. Because for the first time in the history of man, this generation, your children and mine, are the first children to have a screen in front of them for most of their lives. However, the article points out that a generation ago, parents worried about the effects of TV in the same way. And it's before different. that, they worried about the effects of radio. Sure. But it's different because that screen you, you is just, there. You just think it's different because it's now, because no, it's current. I think it's at least with a television. I mean, you know, look, you and I, I'm sure we watched a lot of TV. I watched a lot of TV growing up. Did, did it make me a, a little crazy? Of course. Well, I mean, watching Gene Rayburn do the <laughs> match mean, game. Oh, I love that. Probably rewired my brain in some dysfunctional way. Of course it was. I mean, I was scarred by F Troop and perhaps the reruns of Star <laughs> F-Troop Trek. F Troop was such a, such a dumb show. Yeah, that wasn't a great show. It was really I mean, you know, it was show. Yeah, silly guy humor pretty for the most part. But look, there's something that's because that screen is with us. Okay, but here's non-stop. the bottom. Okay, but the bottom line is from, that. But Again, that's your opinion as a dad. It's my opinion as a mom. But when it comes to actual proof about this in a clinical level, they just they don't, don't they don't have anything. They said more than 100 scientific reports and surveys have studied screen habits and well-being in young people looking for emotional differences, behavioral Depression, differences, changes loneliness. in attitude, changes in how they look at their bodies. 2014, scientists from Queen's University reviewed 43 of the best designed studies across the board. The studies found that social networking, which is what is, you know, is brought on by being able to use your phone, being on, you know, Instagram or Snapchat or whatever it is, allows people to broaden their circle of social contacts in ways that could be good or in ways that could be bad. Uh Okay. So they said the bottom line is results have been mixed and sometimes the results are contradictory. So to address the obstacles, scientists say they need huge numbers of research subjects and a far better understanding of the brain, which is why the NIH study will continue to follow 11,800 children through adolescence. Okay. So they're going to do annual MRIs of them to see if changes in the brain are linked to what they're doing, behavior or health. For the next, I wonder how many years, decades? Mm, that's and a good question. I don't know how many. It, it well, it's, They say it's going to follow 11,800 children through, through adolescence. adolescence. So that's got to be at least, what, okay. what, six years? Yeah. Okay. So NIH, you said this was a $300 million, million dollar, study. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wish we could have grabbed a little, just a piece of that. Yeah. What, but you and I, with yeah. our great clinical expertise no. of like brain development. I'd give them my opinion. Hey. <laughs> I don't think I they don't want know you. about that, you guys. We're trying to assess Mike's. To we're John trying to Hall. assess Mike's brain development. Mike, how are we doing? <laughs> He's generation millennial, right? What's the newest generation called? What are they called? Generation. I read this the other day. I, I, if I wouldn't look at my screen so much, I'd remember. Generation. Yeah, I don't know. Z, not Z. Well, it's, there. Were, I think I'm Generation X, and then I think the millennials the, kick the, in. No, then the Generation Y, right? Z. Gener- oh, Z is the Generation new one. Z is the new one. Is Y younger than you or older than you, Mike? Um, I think I'm in Y. Oh, I thought you were a millennial. But That's isn't that millennial? Oh, is it? Is that the same thing? I'm pretty sure. Who decides these? I don't Not know. Us. Some dude is making these things up, and we're all talking about it like it's like gospel. Black and white fat. Generation Z, Generation Z X. Z was gen- a gender, but we're not getting into that. No, right? we're not getting into that. 
We cannot do that song. We can never do that song again. It's stuck in my head. We can never. I know you've been singing it for the last 35 minutes. All right. Because Mike played the thing. Baby, just get outside. (laughs) The Uber is waiting. Do you have any explanation for the horror of last night's Steeler game? Does anyone want to offer up anything? No. No, really. Good Good hold. Was a two and ten team? Steelers played yesterday. Ouch! Horrible. How about that? We made like Derek Carr looked like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Is there a banana peel on the floor? I don't know the what in our, so. Huh? The heck so is going up. Who's who's our who's our uh, our wide receiver? You know the short little guy, G-G's Switzer. G- no, uh, Switzer. Switzer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you'd appreciate being called that. What the short little guy? Well, he is the, he is the short little guy. I was going to call him the short little white guy, but he is he's all stocky. those things. Anyway, he's very good and he's stocky. Yeah. So they brought out that whole like three bags of new cleats because he couldn't he couldn't Stand. keep his feet right? right right. So did they all change their cleats except for our kicker? I don't what, know. I don't know. I what don't happened know. with the cleats? I don't know. Did you see the three guys running mm-hmm. the suitcases full of new cleats yeah, onto yeah. the field? Footwear matters, does it not? <sighs> Especially like you think I have like these gigantic, but it's. So if we were going to lose games, like if we were going to lose to Denver and San Diego, who's not San Diego anymore, and Oakland, who's is Oakland, Oakland still anymore? Oakland? They're still the Oakland Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. I they're the Los Angeles Raiders. They're Los Angeles. No, they're the Oakland Raiders. How about they're moving to Vegas? Do you hear that? Yeah. This is, it's getting confusing remembering what city. Anyway, who's who? look, if we were going to lose to those three teams, Denver, L.A., L.A., could we not have just lost like 38-10 so that mm. it wouldn't have been painful? No. Why did we have to drag it out to the end and then make it agony? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the only good uh, thing about this is is that the three straight losses have produced such agony. You think, uh, how much more deeper do we have to go? Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, can, 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 we just, can we just call this? It kind of feels that way, doesn't Remember it? Remember Kevin on The Office? Mm. Call it. Yeah. Is this over? Is it over? Because I said this a little earlier today. Is this the end of the Ben Mike Tomlin era? No, it's not huh? the end of the Ben it? Mike Tomlin it could be. era. It could no be. way. It could be. He's 36. He's not 40. He's 15 years into it. going to be Boswell. No, well, yeah, that's, I oh, think that's a th- given yeah. pretty much. Yeah. But, you know, he ben, might be gone by next Sunday. Ben might say I'm done. I don't feel that. I mean, you know, yeah, of course you feel bad for him. Of course he's going to lose his job. He's fine, though. I'm sure he's got some money stashed away well, somewhere. Well, he signed a $3 million contract. So I think so. he's okay. I mean, right? I, I mean, don't look, think we can complain that you much. You buy a house somewhere out you know, in the suburbs somewhere and live fine I do for the feel bad for him. But of seriously, it had to go down to a field goal against a 2 of 10 team. Yeah, I know. You're right. You can't really blame, blame the kicker for that. No, you can't. Why, no. did, why did we leave it to the kicker to decide our fate against the Oakland Raiders? Yeah, how about but, Ben's ribs? Mm. Have we heard anything about that? We're not going to hear until tomorrow at Probably noon not, no. until Tomlin yeah. talks about it. Yeah. Okay, that's us. All right, fine. Okay, coming right, up next, we're going to talk about uh, the White House. Is there mm. going to be a brand new chief of – well, yeah, there is going to be a brand new chief of staff. I think that's clear, but we just don't know who it's going to be. Right. We from thought the- it was going to be Pence's chief of staff, but now he says no. All right. Uh, that's it. From the fire into the flying, frying pan, it's the Ride Home with John and Kathy, the Monday edition. Greg Clugston from the White House up next. Stick around. WORD. In poverty-stricken Ethiopia, children are suffering from severe acute malnutrition. They're starving and dying. But our ministry partners at Save the Children are there to help. Your $60 one-time gift can provide the ready-to-use therapeutic food, the emergency nutrition and medication to bring a child back from the brink of death. Every little bit you can give will make a huge difference. 
Please call now. From your cell phone, dial pound 250. At the prompt, say the keyword, save the children. You can give online at wordfm.com. Keyword, save the children. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Marcia from the Springhouse, and we really do wish you a Merry Christmas. And to keep your Christmas season merry, I suggest you give the Springhouse a call to take care of all your homemade goodies. We do beautiful Christmas cookie trays featuring family recipe orange drop cookies, lady locks, cherry cheesecake cups, pecan tassies, and lots more. Our fresh fruit trays and smoked salmon trays kick off a celebration beautifully. Our Heath Bar Cheesecake or Filled Chocolate Log finish it off nicely. And for the in-between, how about our own hickory smoked hams or fresh turkeys or capons? Mmm, good old-fashioned eating. Are you hungry yet? Give us a call, 724-228-3339 at the Springhouse in 84PA. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And then give us a call and place your order today. Merry Christmas from all of us to all of you. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now, they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation, with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at Marley FG. Memorial Park Church in Ellison Park proudly presents An Evening with Fernando Ortega. In a special benefit concert Friday, December 14th at 7 p.m. Join me, Fernando Ortega, Friday, December 14th. Don't miss this free concert benefiting Edge Nations. Doors open at 6 p.m. Tickets and details at memorialparkchurch.org. Every Monday we start off the week with Greg Clugston, who joins us from SRN News, where he is the White House correspondent, bringing us up to date about what's happening in and around the nation's capital. Greg, welcome back, sir. Happy Monday to you. Thank you, and uh, good good Monday to you, John and Kathy. Thank you. So, Greg, uh, General John Kelly on his way out as chief of staff. This isn't an unusual thing, as chief of staffs are often replaced. However, it seems like they're more often replaced in this administration. seemed like uh, Vice President Pence's uh, chief of staff was going to be the next man in the front door, but he says he doesn't want it. Yeah, this John Kelly, Donald Trump... Uh, you know, story and, and relationship has been on again, off again, really for several months this year. Uh, back in the, in the early to mid-summer, there was uh, strong speculation and, and reporting by various uh, organizations that Kelly was uh, was on the way out then, uh, and he, he, he made it uh, this far, <laughs> but, he's, but he's not making it much, uh, much farther than uh, the end of the month. Um, you're right in saying that there are changes um, in the White House at senior level jobs like this, uh, especially at these markers midway through a term after midterm elections, that kind of thing. 
although he's already the second chief of staff that Donald Trump has had after Reince Priebus. And you're right, the vice president's uh, current chief of staff, uh, someone who's in his mid-30s, Nick Ayers, he's described as uh, someone who's very politically savvy and has had uh, strong strong connections with uh, Republican governors and with the RNC and things. And he was he was really viewed by the president and, and, and some, not all, but some in the White House as a uh, as as a good as a good choice to uh, to follow John Kelly, but Ayers has decided he's not only not going to take the job as chief of staff, but he's not going to stay with the vice president's office either. He's going to leave the administration, but still support the president at a uh, Trump uh, political action committee. So he's going to really be helping for the reelection effort. So all that means basically is that the search is still on and the president's looking for a new chief of staff. Wow. So obviously this is a gigantic thing whenever the president is looking for a new chief of staff. It takes on more weight and added urgency, especially with President Trump, because John Kelly was seen as sort of the um, the enforcer, the ironclad guy who was in some ways able to steer President Trump away from any uh, pitfalls. Yeah. Yes, John, and you know that maybe is part of the problem in finding a, a chief of staff because, given what, for example, John Kelly brought to the role, the idea of uh, more discipline, he wanted to really clamp down on communicating those who can and are able to communicate with the president and direct the flow of information going into the Oval Office. Um, by all accounts, the, the president has sort of chafed at that. He he operates in a different uh, system in a way than what John Kelly was trying to implement. Um, and so somebody who may be looking or considering, uh, you know, being a White House chief of staff would have to look long and hard as to say, okay, what exactly does Donald Trump want in a chief of staff? And um, am I that person to, you know, to carry out whatever that, that role may be? And so... Um, it's very interesting to to see because typically in past administrations the chief of staff of of the president was uh, you know obviously a very sought after position one uh, that's quite powerful but the way the president operates Donald Trump operates um, may actually not have as much power mm-hmm. given to the White House chief of staff so there may be a, a diminished role for that uh, for that position at least in this administration. What do we know about a replacement for Jeff Sessions, Attorney General? And then, of course, we know about the U.N. ambassador nominee. Um, uh, how are people responding to that? Um, it's interesting. Uh, starting with uh, with the Attorney General uh, uh, nomination or the forthcoming nomination is uh, a man named William Barr. He certainly is familiar with the Justice Department. He's he's known as a as a well respected conservative lawyer. He worked uh, at this very same job uh, in the George. H.W. Bush administration uh, for two years, back, I think, between 1991 and 93, I think. But anyway, it was a two-year stint as the attorney general. So he's he's been through a Senate confirmation process before. He has run the Justice Department. Uh, and so it was an interesting choice for, for that reason. Um, and there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, outward speculation or, or problems being voiced by Republicans on the Hill. And uh, the response has been somewhat muted. So I would say um, he, he may have a, a decent shot. It's interesting at the U.N. ambassador job there, Kathy, um, he, the president tapped Heather Nauert, who has been the spokeswoman at the State Department. And uh, she was uh, in TV news prior right. to coming to the State Department. Um, so her, her policy background, um, foreign policy experience, prior to her stint at the State Department is pretty thin. But the president really likes people um, who, um, who who kind of fit 
uh, and look the role of, of what he's looking for, who can be very good communicators, how they look on TV, because he, uh, the president places a lot of value in that. He saw Nikki Haley as someone uh, who obviously was able to, to fit those roles of, of, of being a good communicator and uh, you know going on television interview programs and defending the administration. And I think he's looking for Heather to do the very same thing. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugson is with us. So, Greg, uh, another day, uh, another uh, step forward, uh, small as it is, in the Mueller-Russian investigation. Can you bring us up to speed where we are now? Yeah, and not only the special counsel investigation, but the uh, the also the, the investigation that's going on by federal prosecutors at the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York, the Southern District of New York in Manhattan, also issued these findings last week as as they're looking into campaign finance violations and Russia connections as well. And so these memos, these filings, uh, these memos that were released late in the week, I guess it was last Friday afternoon into the evening, essentially is showing, uh, is, is claiming in the documents, the prosecutors now are claiming that the president and his associates had directed a scheme to manipulate the 2016 election by hiding payments or the knowledge of these hush payments to women to, uh, you know, to keep from voters what the nature of their relationship was. Uh, and that's uh, and, and while the president is and his team are dismissing these charges as being private and simple trans financial transactions, prosecutors are saying uh, they have run afoul of campaign finance mm-hmm. law, and that there could also be um, you know other f- fraud and bank charges and and all the rest. So this is very interesting. And then also they were alleging, based uh, primarily or a lot on Michael Cohen, the president's former attorney. Uh, what he what he did in terms of contact with Russian officials farther into the year 2016 than was previously known. So that's where things stand right now, and uh, they're kind of moving at a at a different clip now because there are some who who say that with what we learned from this Manhattan filing last Friday is that if the president wasn't the president of the United States, he possibly could be indicted by these charges. But uh, the policy at the, at the Justice Department is that a pre- sitting president is not typically indicted. Uh, so that's where a lot of people are coming down on different sides of the issue right now. So, Greg, what would he, if he was not president, what would he be indicted on? If there are campaign finance laws, obviously if he wasn't president, he wouldn't have run afoul of those. So what laws would he run, have run afoul of? I guess what I'm trying to get at is if he actually did make these payments to these women – why, with a, a man of such incredible wealth, why wouldn't he have just paid out of his own funds and not in, not engaged his campaign at all? Well, that's a good question, and, and that goes to, and that this is probably diving deeper, well, not probably, it is diving deeper into uh, legal issues than I'm... Um, <laughs> Prepared well to comment that. on, sure. Yeah, uh, but, but, but what my understanding is there are any number of alleged uh, bank or money laundering uh, schemes that were involved, you know, and, and using the Trump administration as a as a cover for um, other people putting their money, then do and then turn the money around to give to these women, so that they went through various channels uh, to hide all of them. So they're uh, it's kind of this the, the laundering and the fraud aspect to those financial um, transactions is my understanding would be a part of some of these charges, um, and then obviously separate from that. Uh, if they have some real meat on the bones with these, uh, you know, these Russian tie connections, 
And while the president himself says, look, there still is no proof of any collusion, um, these new questions are, are, are being raised simply because of these findings. Isn't it a, it's just a bad idea for Trump and for Giuliani to be as antagonistic as they are, especially on Twitter over the last 24 to 48 hours, um, because if the government really does have a solid case against them, that, that's, that's not going to end well for either one of them. No, it doesn't. And, uh, and and those who are much more well-versed within, you know, these uh, these legal circles and things will point out that the Southern District, which is really, uh, you know, an influential and active federal district court in the United States, often acting independently from the Justice Department. So uh, these these prosecutors uh, may be going on a different timeline than what Robert Mueller is doing as the special counsel with his investigation is housed within the Justice Department. So you've got these two different investigations running on different tracks, and they may have different timetables and different results, uh, which is very interesting. So I guess really when you, when you boil it all down, uh, where, where, where we stand right now today is the questions that are out there are what are the legal dangers that the president may or may not be facing, and then uh, separately from that, what kind of political damage? He may not be in any legal danger, but is you know could could run into some pit- political problems because of these accusations, or the or the uh, the reverse could be true. I see. Well, Greg, thanks for uh, the snapshot of Washington D.C. and what's happening in and around the nation's capital uh, with President Trump. We always appreciate your time here. All right, glad to do it. Thanks. Thank you, Greg Cluxton, SRN News White House correspondent and the uh, the poet laureate, I would say, of Salem Media. For sure. Take a break. Come back. We've got a lot more ahead. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy just getting underway. Frederica Matthews Green with us in a little bit talking about Mary. She's coming to the Pittsburgh East Campus of Amplify Church. It's an evening with Amy Grant. A night of inspiration, stories, songs, and more. Saturday, May 4th. Tickets on sale now at itickets.com. An evening with Amy Grant would make a great Christmas gift. Amy Grant, coming May 4th. On sale now. Hey, I'm Grant. So there's this guy named Jordan. He's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six. And he works as a guide in Alaska And he goes to the doctor, true story, he goes to the doctor and he's diagnosed with cancer stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched earlier from medical insurance to MediShare where Christians share each other's medical bills. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this actually going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. So if you want to find out more, here is a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 
How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. For all the many years that we've been doing the ride home with Jonah and Kathy, both Kath and I really appreciate all the advertisers who've been with us. Grove City College is our newest advertiser, and we are so happy that Grove City is with us. Both of our children attend Grove City, so we, as proud parents of children who attend Grove City College, we say thank you to Grove City College. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forever Mark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forever Mark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Needle Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Sylvania is always looking to improve their headlights to help people see farther and drive safer. So they develop their Silver Star Ultra headlights to have greater clarity and the brightest downroad visibility. So now you can see what you've been missing. Sylvania, think farther down the road. Cold tonight, mostly cloudy with a low 23. Miles will break for sun, but it'll stay cold tomorrow with high just 34. Partly cloudy, low again 23 tomorrow night. Partly sunny Wednesday, still cold with high 36. See a couple of rain showers that night. Worries round early Thursday, otherwise mostly cloudy and a little milder Thursday with high 43. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Weird Al. <laughs> yeah. Weird Al's a clone. At a news conference this month, according to the Wall Street Journal today, Nigeria's head of state, Muhammadu Bahari, sought to refute a bizarre claim that has come to dominate his bid for another term leading Africa's most populous nation, that he has been replaced by a clone. Really? Really? This is like high drama. This is, Big I mean, news. article by Joe Parkinson. On the issue of whether I've been cloned or not, said the former general, it's the real me, I assure you. However, <laughs> oh, here's the big however. Several high-profile Nigerians, including a former minister, a state governor, and one of the country's most popular evangelical preachers, have in recent weeks claimed that Mr. Buhari has died and has been replaced by a lookalike. What? I'm not making this up. What? This is not like on some fringe website. Really? Okay? This is like the new Billy Shears, it really Paul is. is dead. Yeah. Social media posts alleging the president is in fact a Sudanese body double mm. called Jubril have been... <laughs> I thought that was a football player. ...have been shared and viewed more than half a million times. Self-styled genetics experts have published papers asserting the president has indeed been cloned. Nigerians are scouring through photos to see if they can detect changes to the president's distinctive nose or cleft ear. Mm. Enterprising traders have begun selling T-shirts that say, where's Buhari? Mm. 
Thousands of Nigerians have shared a scene from the 97 movie Face Off, starring John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Was that any good? That's a horrible movie. Is it terrible? To show how a dead Mr. Bahari's face could have been transplanted to a body double. Oh, yeah. I am not making this up. That always looks good, too. The scandal even reached U.S. late-night TV with Jimmy Kimmel on Tuesday joking Mr. Bahari was a clone before launching into a skit about the cloning of his co-host, Guillermo. <laughs> okay. This is so this I love is it. So I love it a lot. weird that this is a major story about a major leader in on the world stage. Now, could you imagine this on cloned? Twitter? cloned? Hashtag fake news. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because these rumors, apparently, according to this article in the journal, appear to have no basis in fact. Oh, you think? But they evolved from speculation over Mr. Buhari's health after he took a five-month medical leave in London last year for an illness that was never identified. Rumors at that point that he had been replaced by a Sudanese doppelganger have been now supercharged by social media, doctored photos, and egged on by Nigeria's highly partisan, underfunded now wait, press. He left the country and received medical treatment for five months. Mm-hmm. Well, then, of course, you're, you know, you would be open to speculation. Right, could what, you imagine? that he was cloned? Now, wait, what? i got to get to the fake news part. Right. Because the rumor mongering comes at a time when academic reports say fake news is a greater scourge in Africa than it is here or in Europe. It's pretty bad here. A November survey by eight South African universities found that African audiences face a higher degree of exposure to misinformation and contribute often knowingly to the spread of false information. A quarter, that's 25% in case you're checking, of Nigerians surveyed say that they share stories they know are false. (laughs) I like it. What are we talking about? It's crazy. All right, good. Let's keep an eye on that story, right? Because Paul, Paul McCartney's been dead since 1966, and he's done just fine for himself as a dead guy. Just saying. Take a break. Come back. WORD. Turning point with David Jeremiah. The message of Christmas is that royalty has walked down our streets. Heaven's prince has knocked on our door, and God has moved into our neighborhood, and he has you on his heart today. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Why the Nativity, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law, on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with my pillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. 
Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to my pillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of MyPillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. If you've never tried MyPillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's holiday four-pack special. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention promo code WORD and get two MyPillows plus two go-anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping, and they're even extending their money-back guarantee on the four-pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10-year warranty. Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today. A trip to Fun for All Family Fun Park always has our family like. Now that they've decked their 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf and holiday lights, they got us all thinking. Everything is cool at Christmas time. Holiday Lights Mini Golf runs from November 16th to January 2nd with a portion of the proceeds benefiting Highmark's Caring Place. For more information, visit funforall.com backslash holiday lights and experience the holiday tradition that'll have you singing. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005. In Beaver, Wexford, Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would someday Frederica Matthews Green is with us. Frederica is an author who's appeared in such diverse publications as the Washington Post, Christianity Today, the L.A. Times, First Things, Books and Culture. She's the author of numerous books, The Jesus Prayer, which is one of our favorite books of all time. She's also written a Prayer, The Jesus Prayer, the ancient desert prayer that tunes the heart to God. And her newest book is called Welcome to the Orthodox Church, An Introduction to Eastern Christianity. Frederica, welcome back. Hi, Don. It's always good to be with you guys. Thank you, Frederica. So tell us, Frederica, about the folk tales, um, about who Mary was and what her life was like before she met the angel and had Jesus. Yes, yeah. Um, there is a very early story that was conveyed mostly just by word of mouth all around the, the Eastern Christian population. We have found ancient copies of it in eight different ancient languages, and it was so beloved. And I think it was because people very naturally had some curiosity about the prequel, you know, what happened before Mary and Joseph went to the manger and the Christ child was born. And so this is a story about how uh, her parents, who are named Joachim and Anna, um, are grieving because they're elderly, they've never had a baby, and they both separate to pray, and in both cases an angel comes and tells them you're going to have a child. And Anna says, just like Hannah in the Old Testament says, this child of mine I will dedicate to the Lord. So the characters are just so brightly drawn and Anna is just so noisy and loud and vigorous. She's a wonderful example to us. But it treats Mary, um, I think, maybe the way the Lord would want us to treat her, to see, to look at her with tenderness and affection 
it doesn't mean that she's the another member of the Trinity. It doesn't mean that she has the power to decide who gets to heaven. All of that is so unnecessary. If we see her just as we would, um, like any other character in the New Testament that we admire. Yes. Now, Frederick, I'm glad you brought this up, because when you bring up Mary, especially with um, people who are evangelicals, there's um, a lot of confusion, I guess. And, and even from a, a Western Catholic perspective, there's confusion as well, because as you write, um, Mary's become something other than what Mary is, that she's become more of a somehow an administrator for Jesus and looked at it in some odd way. Yes, yes. And that's, gosh, you can, you can understand how... Um, a very uh, bureaucratic kind of system of empire would lead people to think in those sort of terms and think, well, heaven must be just like Earth, where you've got to go through the right channels and pull on the coattails of somebody who has power. But that's not at all the biblical way of looking at things. And Mary was just a little girl. And the way the story, this folk tale that circulated so broadly, tells your story is very engaging and very charming. It is clearly not a work of literature. It's not polished. It's not something that was originally written. It's something that was just told. So we, we see that Anna is overjoyed. She's going to have a baby. And when the baby is born, they love the baby and they fuss over it. And you can see icons of this um, in the Christian churches of the East that so show Joachim and Anna on either side of the baby Mary. And they're just doting on her. <laughs> It's such a natural human thing to feel that way about a baby girl. Mm -hmm. And so on her first birthday, her father gives her a big birthday party, and all the high priests come, and um, the, the high priest says, God of our fathers, bless this child and give her a name of eternal renown throughout all generations. And the people said, let it be so, let it be so. Amen, amen. And um, it begins with that blessing of her, the same blessing that she will she will recall uh, when the angel makes his announcement that she's going to bear the Christ child. She says, all generations mm. will call me blessed. So in this, in this folk tale, that's foreshadowed here. And because Anna has promised that her child will be given over to the service of the Lord, the way that's interpreted in this story is that Mary has to go live inside the temple, like, like the little prophet Samuel did that she goes to live in the temple when she's three years old, and she lives there until she's 12 years old. And she's fed by an angel, and she's dan it says the high priest set her on the top step, and she danced with her feet, and all the house of Israel loved her. One of the things that touches me about this is that in so many, in so many cultures, little girls are despised, mm. and they are seen as completely disposable. They are the... The one thing you don't need is more little girls. And this shows that the early Christians were able to think that it would be perfectly natural to love a little girl and to care for her and to honor her and even to see great spiritual potential in her in accordance with the angels who announced her conception. Mm -hmm. So Mary remains in the temple until she's 12 years old. And then there's a, um, it's a kind of a startlingly blunt <laughs> thing to say. Um, but it says when she reached 12 years, the priest took counsel, saying, Behold, Mary has become 12 years old, living in the temple of the Lord. What, therefore, shall we do with her, unless it comes upon her as with women? And she defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. Um, we usually wouldn't say something like that out loud today if we're writing about the Virgin Mary, but 
it was a it was a culture that just was much closer to the earth and to natural physical rhythms than we are. And so they they pray about it, and the high priest, who is Zacharias, of course, who's going to be the father of John the Baptist, Zacharias is told to gather all the the walking sticks, the staffs, of all the widowers in the town. So they call together all the men who have lost their wives, and this includes Joseph. And the Eastern Christian view was always that Joseph was married, he lost his wife, but he had several sons and daughters from that earlier marriage. And then when Mary joins his family, she becomes the stepmother to all these children. And Jesus is, as far as the, the town knows, he is the youngest brother to all these other brothers and sisters. So Joseph is chosen by lot, by the, by the phenomenon of the staff. And um, this was so unexpected to me, it says, um, the high priest said to Joseph, you have been called to receive the virgin of the Lord. Receive her into your own keeping. And Joseph doesn't want her. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph spoke against this, saying, I have sons and I am an old man, but she is a young girl. I will look like a laughingstock to the children of Israel. And the priest has to really scold him and say, you have to do the will of God, Joseph, or it'll be with you like it was for Dathan and Cory and Aaron when the, the earth opened up and swallowed them. So be careful, Joseph, that something like that doesn't happen to you. So Joseph takes her to his home, and of course they haven't had the wedding yet, but she goes to live in his home, and in the story it says, uh, we think of him as a carpenter, um, in the Christian East, he was seen more as like a contractor who's building houses and has big projects going on everywhere, a lot of people to supervise. So he says, Mary, you stay here in my house, and I will come back to you, but I've got to go build some houses. And um, while she's there by herself or caring for the other children and cooking the meals and sweeping, she's spinning um, yarn to make a new veil for the temple. And she goes out to get a, a pitcher of water. And while she's there, she hears a bodiless voice speak to her and tell her, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And you can almost see people telling this like a, like a campfire tale, because it has all these details. It says, Mary looked around to the right and to the left to see where the voice was coming from. And beginning to tremble, she went back into the house and sat down the picture. You know, if, if you were writing this as a work of literature, you wouldn't need to say she put down the picture. It's the kind of thing that sticks to a story, clings to a story, when it's being told aloud over and over again. So then is when Gabriel appears to her and says, you've found grace before God and you will conceive. And she says, how shall I conceive? Shall I bring forth as all women bear children? And the angel says, not so, Mary. The power of the Lord will overshadow you and the Holy One born from you will be called the Son of the Most High. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. A lot of this, um, this first or second century story is, um, uses passages from the Bible. There's a, a lot of passages from the New Testament, and especially the Gospel of Luke, first couple of chapters of Luke, that appear in this story as well. Um, but it's interesting that she hears the angel twice, and they recently discovered there's a, um, an, an icon that was painted a fresco on a church in Syria about the year 235. These are some of the earliest icons that have ever been seen. It's now at Yale. And only about a year ago, they decided that this picture of a woman was a pitcher at a well. 
is not the woman at the well, but it's Mary. That it's the, it's the earliest image of Mary. Hmm. And it's this first announcement when she hears the angel's voice, but she doesn't, um, doesn't see him. Then she goes inside and sees him. So I'm just going. Yeah. So forward. what? So tell us what we're what you think we as a as a Christian community have missed by not. I'm not, I'm not saying that the stories that you know these folk stories are scripture because there's obviously a difference between you know stories that are circulated and actual canon. But um, do you feel like we have put Mary in some position that isn't consistent with what culture would have told us at the time or what we know about her from the actual scriptures we do have? I think that's very true, and I think that, the, um, boy, it's like once burned, twice shy, you know, that um, the role of Mary was so exaggerated and in such an unhealthy way, I think, through the Middle Ages and even beyond, um, that she was treated as if she was an empress or she was treated as if she was the person who could make Jesus do things he didn't want to do or change his mind about stuff. It was a sick way of looking at the life in heaven and how the Trinity reacts, uh, interacts with each other and how God interacts with those people that he's made. If we could only go back in time and think about it as simply as we think about other characters that we love in the scriptures, like Barnabas, you know, what a wonderful character he is, or John the Beloved Disciple, or St. Paul, you know, you can think about Paul's personality and his character for a very long time and just keep getting more out of it. I think we instinctively feel toward people like that, that they would be our friends, that if we had known them, we would have loved them. I'm sure that Jesus wanted us to feel that way about his mother. It only makes sense. Yes. And that's the difficulty, is trying to recapture a simpler view of Mary. He must have, he must have loved her. He must have wanted people to hold her in respect, you know, and um, to feel the affection for her that he felt. Reading this old document um, helped me to imagine a little bit what that was like for the very first Christians and how they could have that kind of a tenderness toward her that did not fall into idolatry or or theological weirdness. That's good. Frederica, thanks a lot. I mean, it it is true, right, that we have sort of, especially from other faith traditions, um, idolatry or something that Mary was not intended to be as uh, the mother of Mary. Yeah. Mother of Jesus. Mother of Jesus. Mother of Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let me give you the uh, title of this. This, um, this text can be read in translation, maybe five or six translations online. It's easy to find. The hard thing is to remember what it's called. Um, you know, proto means pre or, or first version. So proto-evangel is the gospel. So you put those together, you drop the O, and it's proto-evangelium. Evangelium. And uh, yeah, I know people are driving, they can't write that down, but if you can remember it, you get home, you Google it, you'll find a lot of good translations. And I will also recommend my book, which is called Mary as the Early Christians Knew Her. It's a new translation with annotations. Very nice. Yeah. Well, Frederica, thanks an awful lot. We really appreciate your presence here always throughout the year. Thank you. Have a blessed Christmas. Thank you. You as well. Frederica Matthews Green, information about Frederica on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy.
Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units go negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to BloodScienceFoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit BloodScienceFoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, giving from the heart. She's coming to the Pittsburgh East campus of Amplify Church. It's an evening with Amy Grant. A night of inspiration, stories, songs, and more. Saturday, May 4th. Tickets on sale now at itickets.com. An evening with Amy Grant would make a great Christmas gift. Amy Grant, coming May 4th. On sale now. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005. In Beaver, Wexford, Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. Okay, so uh, last week the Golden Globes nominations were announced, mm-hmm. which of course is the precursor to the fabulous, often troubled, and always very weird Oscar nominations and the show. Which we have mixed feelings about. Yeah. How about Kevin Hart? So he stepped down because he you know, made some tweets like 100 years ago that were bad. About eight years ago, he's talking about, you know, he made some comments about gay people. I'm not saying that the tweets weren't distasteful. I'm not saying that the tweets are good in any way, shape, or form. I'm just wondering how anyone in public life is going to want to do anything. And, of course, we you read the thing about the Heisman Trophy winner also on yeah, Saturday. right, right, right. So I, I don't... I don't know where we go from here. I guess this is the soup we swim in if we decide to do social media. Yeah, it is. Is that if we're going to put our positions out there, we're going to have to yeah. ex- expect that they're going to be analyzed. And the things that the Heisman Trophy winner put in writing and the things Kevin Hart put in writing, you shouldn't put in writing. You shouldn't think and you shouldn't say. Yeah. And so especially, you know, if you if you write something when you're 14, like the Heisman Trophy winner, 15, right, it's going to come back and haunt you. Right. It's just how it is. It is. So don't write anything down. Okay, but forget about that. I want you to think about the Oscars. Okay, so we don't know who's going to host it. But I saw this today. It made me laugh. This is a Fox News story. Uh, Pat Sajak Mm. has weighed in on the Oscars. Now, not saying that he wants to host them. Uh, He'd be a good host. I think he would be a good host. But he said he has a quick fix for the Oscars, which have had declining uh, watchership, viewership for the last, I don't know, 20 years. Easily. Expanded to two nights. Two nights? Uh, come on, I Listen, can barely watch three hours. On the first night, give out awards and celebrate the history and wonder of movies. Mm-hmm. On the second night, hold your political rally. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Hold your political rally. Mm-hmm. On night two. Oh, my goodness But don't gracious. pollute night one with that. Yeah. Okay. It's not bad advice. 
because we just want to watch some good movies. That's really all. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. British Prime Minister Theresa May says the vote on Brexit will not go ahead tomorrow. May has postponed Parliament's vote on her EU divorce deal to avoid a shattering defeat, a decision that throws her Brexit plans into chaos. She says she realised that clauses over the future relationship with Northern Ireland were unpopular. As a result, if we went ahead and held the vote tomorrow, the deal would be rejected by a significant margin. We will therefore defer the vote schedule for tomorrow and not proceed to divide the House at this time. All signs had pointed to a big defeat for the Prime Minister in the vote planned for Tuesday. But postponing the vote is a fresh humiliation for May, who became Prime Minister after Britain's 2016 decision to leave the EU. Charles de la Desma, London. On Wall Street, the Dow by 34 points, the Nasdaq rose 52. This is SRN News. Truth is timeless. At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. Memorial Park Church in Ellison Park proudly presents An Evening with Fernando Ortega. In a special benefit concert Friday, December 14th at 7 p.m. Join me, Fernando Ortega, Friday, December 14th. Don't miss this free concert benefiting Edge Nations. Doors open at 6 p.m. Tickets and details at memorialparkchurch.org. Everybody's making money at it except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your online marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. That's surroundpittsburgh.com. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com is the best place to get great gifts for half price. Right now, get deals from Cinna Roasted Almonds, Caliente Pizza and Draft House, Qdoba Mexican Grill, and and many more. To have your business featured, send an email to customer service at justpayhalfpittsburgh.com. Word FM knows what our fan club members really want for Christmas. I don't want an official red combination 200 kit with my Lee rifle. 
the one you're actually allowed to have. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Don't shoot your eye out. Enter our fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com now through December 18th for a chance at great prizes, including $100 gift cards to popular retailers and more, with multiple ways to increase your chance to win a gift for yourself or someone you love. The fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com. Cold tonight, mostly cloudy with a low 23. Miles will break for sun, but it'll stay cold tomorrow with a high just 34. Partly cloudy, low again 23 tomorrow night. Partly sunny Wednesday, still cold with a high 36. Stay a couple of rain showers that night. Flurries round early Thursday, otherwise mostly cloudy and a little milder Thursday with a high 43. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along this Monday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you. How are things with you? Happy to be seen, John. Very nice. Really humbled to read an article today on um, on a brother in Christ that we've never met, Pastor Wang Yi. Um, story about him in today's Wall Street Journal. Can I right. tell you about it? Yeah, yeah please do, because uh, China is uh, has been very unfriendly to Christians for many a year. I mean, I was there in 2001 where there were a lot of abuse of house churches. It's only gotten worse. Uh, they're tearing down mega churches all across China, and they are imprisoning pastors, right? It says China's tightening a clampdown on unregistered Christian churches. Um, Officials have threatened to close the Early Rain Covenant Church in the central city of Chengdu by the end of the year, in keeping with new religious management regulations, according to several congregants who said they had been waiting for the net to fall. Right. Now, this is unregulated. That's a key thing about this. Right. So the regulated churches are the ones that are affiliated with the government, as I understand. They're government churches, and they do not preach the gospel as we know the gospel. Okay. It is not the true gospel. In coordinated raids starting yesterday, last night, police detained Pastor Wang Yi and more than 100 of the church's 500 members. Mr. Wang is a prominent figure in China's Christian community, and he has trained his impassioned rhetorical skills on criticizing President Xi Jinping's rule and on organizing resistance to the new regulations, which require registration of all churches. Now, a petition, which was organized by this church over the summer, condemned the crackdown begun in February, which you mentioned, John, on unregistered churches. Now, unregistered churches, they say, are those who refuse control by state religious authorities. It drew signatures from more than 400 pastors from around China. Mr. Wang's was the first on the list. Quote, he is the bravest pastor in China today said Reverend Hong Yi Yu, a longtime friend of Pastor Wang, who's based in Vancouver. Now, uh, President Xi has overseen a determined effort to stamp out dissent, as you mentioned, John, criticism of the Communist Party, criticism of his rule, and religions, many of which have boomed in popularity in recent decades, are his number one target. Right. Now, this is a big deal because on Saturday, this mega pastor published on social media a 7,300-word manifesto titled Meditations on the Religious War, and in this in this 7,300-page document, he urged Chinese Christians to civil disobedience and accused the Communist Party of instituting, quote, Caesar worship by turning politics into a religion that elevates Mr. Xi, the prime minister, the, uh, the head of China, to the status of Roman emperor or Egypt's pharaohs. 
Such an ideology, he wrote, is, quote, morally incompatible with the Christian faith and with all those who uphold freedom of the mind and of thought. Mr. Wang is 45 years old. He was a legal scholar and social activist before he founded the church called Early Rain back in 2008. And after stepping into the pulpit, he carried on his activism and called for separation of church and state. He annually holds a service to remember the 89 suppression of democracy movement, which was centered in Tiananmen Square. I'm sure we all remember that in the images that are you know seared onto our brains. He also organized a service this year for the 10th anniversary of the Sichuan earthquake and police detained him for both of those actions. Wow. So the people who run the church early reign have said that the public services would, quote, continue as long as there are followers not under arrest. Quote, some house churches have to sacrifice. We are willing to do it. Man, these people are heroes. They surely are. Are you kidding me? I, I mean, mean God, be, God bless this man and his church. At the minimum, you are arrested and held for an indeterminate amount of time. Mm-hmm. For some people, they just disappear from the entire conversation, never to be seen again. Right. Churches are torn down. Families are turned upside down. Jobs are lost. You are sent away. You are become a prisoner of the state. It's horrible. Yeah. And it happens every day in China. Thank God for us here in the United States of America and for our religious freedom. Yeah. Every time we think we're, every time we say we're persecuted, think about the Chinese Christians. Exactly. They are truly persecuted. What we're going through right now is not persecution. Not that right. And you know, we're downstream, John, of people who, big thinkers and big believers, you know, hundreds of years ago in our own country who set the stage for freedom of thought and yes. freedom of worship here. And as much as we decry, you know, the fact that Christianity has lost its um, impact on American culture, the point is that the the codification of those freedoms are things that have allowed the church to flourish yep. in ways that I just, you know, are we're were unimagined before now. Well, say what you will. It's baked into the culture and the laws, despite some scaling back mm-hmm. recently. It's baked into it. It's not going to go. It's not going to go away. Right. So we look at the people. We imagine the people who are going to be downstream of this pastor, Mr. Wang, and we think, you know, are they going to look back at him hundreds of years from now and think that he was one of the main voices that called for freedom of thought and freedom of worship in this enormously beautiful country? Right. I mean, China's fascinating. When you look at where they are in the world, and as big as they are, they also have this really bad habit of ripping off the West and trying to take credit for it or just could care less. They use our technical prowess and their vigor at erasing Christ from any conversation in the public sphere is something to be frightened by in many ways because you think about how many Christians right now who are under attack in China Mm -hmm. and God's word is not allowed to go out free and unfettered. When you put one man and make him, as they say in this article from the Wall Street Journal, into Caesar worship, you're replacing Christ Almighty for a man. Right, but this this, ideology. This 45-year-old pastor, Mr. Wang, he's not afraid. He's not afraid. He will have none. I mean, he might be afraid. But in spite of his fear, he's stepping out and saying, you know what? This is not what the church is supposed to look That's like. That's right. He's bold for his faith. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, let's pray for him. Let's pray for his church. Let's pray for all the believers in China. Hey, we'll take a quick break. Dr. Richard Mao is with us. He's a good friend of our show. Dr. Mao is former president of Fuller Theological Seminary. He's going to talk about Frosty and Rudolph and much more. Stick around. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. 
If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100, 800-290-7100. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers. And opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses. And see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer. At EdenChristianAcademy.org. 
You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen But do you recall The most famous reindeer of all Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Now, if you want to ascribe the beginning of the downfall of Christianity in Western civilization, that's it right there. (laughs) That's not true. That's how it all began, ladies and gentlemen, which takes us to 2018. Richard Mile was with us. Richard's a good friend of ours. He is the former president of Fuller Theological Seminary, author of Adventures and Evangelical Civility, A Lifelong Quest for Common Ground. Richard, welcome back, friend. What did you bring with you? It's a great day to try to be civil to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but Richard, when you were younger, you said people who were in the church were not civil about songs like that or Frosty the Snowman or whatever because, what, they were set up as, like, competing narratives to the actual Bethlehem story? Yeah, I mean, you you guys know this well. I mean, it's just a long history of evangelical Christians wanting to say, you know, it's all about Christ and Christmas, and anything else detracts from that, and in certain ways maybe even opposes that. And uh, I understand the the heart of that concern, but uh, I've always been a Rudolph fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think think most people are Rudolph fans. But but it is true that, Richard, right, that especially from an old-timey perspective, and, you know, when popular media first started to take hold of the culture, you could understand from the pulpit why people would rise up and denounce that. Yes, I certainly can. And, uh, and you know, again, I think there's a, a good spiritual impulse at work in that. It's just a, a much too narrow, narrow understanding of how the gospel has an impact on the culture, I think. Okay, but when you were a kid, you're saying, Richard, it even bothered you then, like somewhat an adult telling you, hey, you need to, you know, leave Rudolph and Frosty behind and just, you know, sing Silent Night. That even bothered you when you were young. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, partly because they're they're good stories. And, I mean, as as you know, I've written about this. And so, you know, any kid who's been bullied in the schoolyard and reads about all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. And then at the end, he's a hero, you know? And all of the other reindeer wilderness, <laughs> you're going to go down in history for what you're doing. And, and there's something powerful about that that isn't just, well, it's a neat story. And, and Kathy, I've, I've very much influenced by that wonderful analysis of J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, who wrote all the Hobbit stuff. That, that the, the basic pattern of a fairy tale is a good catastrophe. There is always a catastrophe. If somebody goes terribly wrong, there's a curse, there's a some kind of spell, or there's a wicked witch or a goblin. And and then the amazing thing in a fairy story is that things get turned around and they live happily ever after. And then Tolkien, as a as a Christian himself, said Here's what I like about that. The gospel has that same structure. There's something terribly wrong. Sin came into the world. There's a devil. There's all of this horrible stuff. But then the, the wonderful thing is that God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, and that those who trust in him can live happily ever after. And furthermore, this, this story's true. You know? 
and and that really helped me when I was younger, just getting into these things. And then I look at those 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 Christmas things. I mean, here you've got Frosty the Snowman, and the children know he was made of snow, but he came to life one day. And then what does he do? He says to the kids, "I'm going to lead you on a march, and I'll be melting away, but don't worry, I'm coming back." You know. And you think of the, the gospel themes at work there, and I think this is why our hearts go out to that, because uh, there's something deep in there that, that we want this kind of thing to be true. Right. So then, Richard, do you think maybe that there's a possibility that there were kids who saw Frosty melt away or Rudolph go from the um, the incompetent uh, reindeer to the hero, that somehow those stories worked their way into kids' minds and hearts, and when they heard the gospel, perhaps they were more open to hearing that? Yeah, I think so. In fact, I read a, I read a, a, a book, and I don't have it handy right now, but a, a woman who wrote a lot about... Uh, marketing things for children and how they use holidays and things. And she interviewed some kids about Christmas and asked, well, what's the relationship between what you hear in church and, and all of these other stories on Santa Claus? And this one little six-year-old kid said, oh, Santa Claus and Jesus live next door to each other. Hmm. You know, there's something powerful. Here, here's, here's an interesting thing, that once she said it, 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 it made sense to me. Santa Claus comes down out of the sky bringing gifts. The Easter Bunny comes out of the earth bringing life, bringing AIDS. You know? Now, you can say, well, that's just making stuff up. But I, I think there's something deep about those themes that, uh, as C.S. Lewis said, you know, it, it doesn't bother him that there are all these stories in pagan religion about a dying and rising God because when God finally acted to do something, he was going to reach into the deepest yearnings of the human spirit. You know? you know, I'll tell you my favorite line in a Christmas carol: "The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight." You know, mm-hmm. and there's something about the hopes and fears of those stories about Rudolph that they they find reality in in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that true, though, Richard, when we're talking about any type of cultural artifact? You know, if you have eyes to see, you can see the gospel story everywhere because, you know, that's what the human heart wants. That's what we were made for. And so whether someone believes in Jesus or has yet to believe in Jesus, I think there's still that longing of the heart. You know, I I talk about Doctor Who a lot on the show because I've always (laughs) loved Doctor Who, and even though it's written by atheists, it has so many rich Christian themes to it, especially the themes of needing, desperately needing a Savior. Um, and yeah. so, you know, if, if we're too, if we're too cut off from our own culture that we can't see the ways that the gospel story has infiltrated even the lives of people who have yet to believe, then we're the poorer for it. Amen. No, you're, you're, that's exactly right, Jesse. And I think you know, just to broaden it out a little bit, why, why is this constant, constant, ever since I was a little kid, fascination with superheroes, you know? Right. Uh, and, and, you know, in many ways, Jesus is the superhero beyond all comprehension. And you know what's been happening with superheroes in recent years is they've, in, in certain ways, gotten more human, you know? Yes. We, we, I, I, you know, Clark Kent, when I was a kid, you, you never knew what he was really feeling. But now you get you get a Superman, you get a Clark Kent, uh, you get a Batman who, who struggles with things. Certainly Spider-Man does. 
And and here we have Jesus, you know, who is the, the God-man, who understands the deepest yearnings, the doubts, the the temptations of the human spirit, and yet he is God. And there's something, you, you can almost say the, the superhero stories in our culture are, are looking for that Savior uh, who has power beyond anything we can imagine, and at the same time knows what it's like to be us. Yes. So the yearning is there, right? And uh, people see that, that hole in their heart, and they wish mm-hmm. they could have some superhero in their life. And that's where, when yeah. they hear the gospel for the first time, how, you know. I mean, it can make, it can make sense, right? I mean, if it's a story that you already know, and someone speaks a, an everlasting spiritual story into it, you think, oh, wait. Yeah, it's not a fable, it's the truth, that God is with us. Yeah. yeah. So we say to people, uh, you want a Rudolph story? I got a story for you. <laughs> they <laughs> laughed and called him names. You know. <laughs> they, they crucified him. Uh, but he's the Savior who came back. And uh, that's a wonderful thing. So that is a wonderful yeah. thing. Well, Richard, thanks an awful lot. Listen, it's always a great pleasure to have you with us. And uh, Kath and I, we wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you next month. And, and the same to you. Many blessings. Appreciate you, you guys. Appreciate what you're doing. And uh, um, yeah. I'll come back someday. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it's soon. Do not melt. Do not. <laughs> Richard Mile, he's a former president of Fuller Theological Seminary, author of Adventures in Evangelical Civility, A Lifelong Quest for Common Good. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you go down in history. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888 888- Eight eight four four eight three six. You can give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. She just made me feel so comfortable, and I've been going to her ever since. After avoiding the dentist for years, an emergency led Pamela to Dr. Megan Stock. She made me feel very much at ease. She didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth, and she was just very easy to talk to. She not only found a dentist, she found a friend. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. It's me. The kid who sang, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, I grew up, got my teeth. Turns out, not super impressive. What I really should have sang was, all I want for Christmas is to go to Fun for All Family Fun Park's Holiday Lights Mini Golf. They turn 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf into a Holiday Lights extravaganza like no other. From 5 to 10 p.m. November 16th through January 2nd, it's the most fantastic way to have a Merry Christmas. (laughs) Still got it. Learn more at funforall.com backslash holidaylights. 
the question when you're in college is, you know, what classes are you going to take? And, you know, are you going to pass them? And are you going to graduate? And then are you going to get a job? And, you know, all those sorts of things. What's but, life going to look like? You know, there's a deeper question that I think every college student asks, but that Grove City College has put in writing, which is, who will you become? Who will you become? Right. Because it's much more than the biology or the accounting. Yeah. It's about the relationship and Christ in your life and you as an adult carrying Christ forward. Right. And you don't have to have one at the expense of the other. No. I was talking to my daughter the other night and um, she is looking to be a history teacher in a high school someday or an English teacher in a high school someday. So that's what her that's what her uh, study is focused on. However, she also does this thing called Hymsing, which they do every Saturday night, nice. which cracks me up, not because it's not awesome, but because I can't believe there are college students that on Saturday night want to go sing hymns for an hour. I mean, right. it's just like a volunteer thing. They just show up and they sing hymns. Well, this Saturday night, it was at the McNulty's house. Whoa. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's Paul McNulty, the sixth president of Grove City College. <laughs> Anyways, they just, you know, stepped on over to the McNulty home and, you know, they had a nice party for all the hymn singers and, it. you know, they all sang hymns. And that. Anyway, that is helping my daughter to decide what kind of person she's going to become. Yes. So it's not just about her history classes or about her education classes or her English classes, but it's making a choice to go do something fun that has like a historical element to it. I mean, the stuff they're singing is stuff that people, Christians have been singing for hundreds of years, right? That's the kind of choice you can make at Grove City because Very you nice. think, okay, look, I can have the academics. I can also do formational stuff and I can make my weekend something that's fun, enjoyable, and kind of weirdly awesome. Yeah. So at Grove City College, who will you become? Guaranteed, you'll become a stronger person of faith in your relationship with Christ and you become a person strong in academics with a great scholarly education right at your fingertips. Grove City College online, gcc.edu. Cold tonight, mostly cloudy with a low 23. Miles will break for sun, but it'll stay cold tomorrow with high just 34. Partly cloudy, low again 23 tomorrow night. Partly sunny Wednesday, still cold with high 36. Stay a couple of rain showers that night. Worries round early Thursday, otherwise mostly cloudy and a little milder Thursday with high 43. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. So oftentimes, because of the great jobs John and I have, you know, we get to go, you know, see shows, meet people backstage, yeah. you know. It's Wander. Just, right. It's kind of like a, you know, a, a perk of, of being in broadcasting. Um, and so I heard, and, and I always try to do this. If you hear about a concert that's coming, you think I might like, you're like, hey, you know, you interested in getting tickets for this? And I'll for say sure. the same thing. We'll ask New Mike. In fact, we all went to see Train and uh, Hall and Oates, right? <laughs> Six months ago. That was awesome. <laughs> it was, was awesome. It was a great night. Anyway, you guys, I have good news. I found some discount tickets I think you might be interested in. What? Tell yeah. us, please. I'm, I'm really excited. Bill and Hillary Clinton. Oh, uh, uh, come uh, on. No, no, seriously. They're no, no, they're discounted. Right no, they're discounted. Yeah, uh, Bill and Hill uh, are discounting their tickets uh, to their up exactly to their upcoming events on their speaking tour after reports of sparse crowds. Mm, mm. Sparse, it's too bad. Discounted tickets for at least nine an evening with the Clinton events have appeared on the Groupon website, Yee. okay, which offers discounted deals, as you know. On Monday, discounted tickets were being offered in a number of Democratic-friendly locations, including New York, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Boston. Hmm. So we could um, go to see the Clintons at the Beacon Theater in New York. Have you been to the Beacon? 
Mike? Absolutely not. John? Funny, I was just talking to a guy yesterday at church, and I said, how was your weekend? He said, I was at the Beacon Theater last night. Are you making that up? I am not. I said, what's the deal with the Beacon? He said, oh, this buddy of mine owns it. What? I'm like, he said, I didn't even know he owned it until we got there. So then he saw a show at the Beacon. I said, so did you fly in, what, last night? He said, no, we flew. We took a flight from JFK at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning, and we're here at Worship at 1030. Wow. I mean, what the heck? Wow. Anyway. Okay, well, at the, the Beacon, we can, we can see the Clintons. Yeah. Okay, we can see For them. Now, listen. Price. Now, now, the tickets are normally priced maybe higher than you would like Mm -hmm. at $287 each. Is that too much for you, Mike? Uh, A little bit. Is that that a meal with it? No, it it does not not include a meal. However, Mm -hmm. we could go, the three of us, for only $145 each. I'm not doing that. You're not? No. I can't believe that. Listen, uh, you weren't here last week, but when you saw the Clintons at the uh, George H.W. Bush funeral. Yes. Man, that front row. That was like that was like a, a powder keg. It was scared it? me. I, I started to cry a little bit out of fear for everybody in that front row. It looked very tense. It yeah. really did. And what I loved at the far end were Jimmy and Rosalind, and they were just oblivious to the whole thing. God bless them. <laughs> they were. You know I what them. I mean? But the Clintons, they looked tight. I heard Michelle Obama talking afterward, you know, a few days afterward. Yeah. She was on some show or something. I saw a clip online. And she said that it was disconcerting for her and of course very sad because she and GW are good are good friends. He passed her a mint. Right, exactly. And she said the reason they're buddies is that, you know, the form dictates that when all of the formers are there that they have to sit in that order. So she's always next to GW. (laughs) And he said she said he's always saying something inappropriate to try to make her laugh or kicking her under the table or something like that. And she was so sad at the funeral because of course he wasn't there. He was on the other side of the aisle. She sat next to Bill. Right. She sat next to Bill. And I don't know if he was kicking her. And if she was it probably would have meant something different. Different feel. Hey, uh, speaking (laughs) of Bill... there's a new movie out uh, that stars um, – uh, it's the story of Dick Cheney. I already know – With Batman. I already know that whole film. Yeah. How, why do you know that? Because Wait. I saw 90 seconds of the trailer and oh, yeah. I thought, oh, I know this whole story, which basically is that Dick Cheney is crooked, nasty, yeah. awful, selfish, rich, and tried to impose his – Will and way on the American people. Am I wrong? That's basically. I it, just I want to see him shoot somebody. Who is it? To... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. By accident. What the heck? Yeah. Okay. Oh, did he do that? By so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and... I'm not seeing that film. Oh, I'm going to see it. You th- Are you okay? What's good. up for an you Oscar? Let me know. It's up the, for an Oscar. Of course, the Cheney movie's up for an I'm Oscar. Gonna, it's Oscar season. Listen, all the good movies after, are out now. After Hillary losing that election to Donald Trump, yeah. did they learn? Nothing. Nothing. They learned absolutely nothing that people in America, in the central part of America, are sick of them saying, we're smarter than you. Let us tell you all about how you should think and who you should vote for. Right. Yeah. But they didn't learn the lesson. Anyway, we've just broken the golden rule to ride home with John and Kathy. We've delved into politics. I, could, I don't know how it happened. How did that even I happen? was just telling the funny story about the Groupon. Holy smokes. Right. Okay. So get the Groupon if you I'm can. I'm done. Take a break. Uh, come back. we got more ahead. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sands political talk on this Monday afternoon as the sun, if it was there, would be setting.
101.5 WORD. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Eugene has big news. The board has approved a new assistant professor position. But there's a catch. There's another candidate applying for the position as well. Buck is excited. How can I help? But his help may go too far. You skipped school? Why would you do that? I I needed to do something. What happens when Buck resorts to his old tricks? Find out on the next adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. You've almost opened up to someone so many times. You need to get it off your chest so you can get past this, but you just can't find the right person to talk to. It's hard to be completely honest about how you feel and what you've done. I know, I was there too. I was getting desperate. And then I found Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a team of licensed Christian counselors who share your faith and will help you through your problem. They want to give you a free week just so you can try them out. You can begin a conversation when you're ready by text or phone, even video conferencing from the comfort of your own home. And your first week is free. If it's not for you, you can cancel during your first week and not pay a dime. Why not give it a try? Go to tryfaithfulcounseling.com. Talk to someone who can help. Go right now to tryfaithfulcounseling.com. It's so easy to get started, and your first week is free. Go to tryfaithfulcounseling.com. The Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Word FM knows what our fan club members really want for Christmas. The one you're actually allowed to have. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Don't shoot your eye out. Enter our fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com. Now through December 18th for a chance at great prizes, including $100 gift cards to popular retailers and more, with multiple ways to increase your chance to win a gift for yourself or someone you love. The fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com. Chevy Volt, John, give me your uh, knee-jerk reaction. I was cutting my grass a few years ago. Is this going to be a poem? No. <laughs> I was just getting my creative juices flowing, and already I, 
being shut down here. I was cutting. I don't know. My, I just wanted to know if I should right. get ready. I was cutting my grass a few years ago, and I was on the curb. Now, if you ever cut your grass, you know, you're, I'm always a little leery. You're cutting your grass because uh, for me, I'm standing in the street with the mower up on the curb, you know, and cutting. Yeah, that's cut, that could be dangerous. Yet. So it scared the heck out of me because I didn't hear a car coming, and that thing went right by me. And I turned, and there it was, and it was a Chevy Volt. Now, of course, it's, the Volt is an electric car, one of the, if not the earliest electric car, one of the earliest electric cars, and I didn't hear it. So I always have a little thing for Chevy Volts. So if you're looking for V8s to be driven on your street, I'd like something with for your own personal a safety? A smoky, belchy, yes. Okay. Something well, to let me know you're coming. Um, do you feel strongly about having an environmentally friendly car? Uh, not particularly. Okay, all right. Not particularly. Why? I mean, I. Well, I, I'm just people, wondering. I mean, I, I don't want to pollute just try, the air. I was just trying to assess whether you didn't like the Volt because of its design, no, or no, you no, just no. didn't like. Well, obviously, you were upset because it wasn't louder when it came by. You I would close. just like them to little toot the horn a little all bit. Right. It's an electric car. Yeah, but that's a problem with the driver. Well, the Chevy Volt. The reason I bring it up, John, is it's gone. The Volt. What do you mean? Scrap heap. Finished. Over. Chevrolet has said farewell to the Volt. Mm-hmm. Really? I'm yes. surprised by that. It was a quick ride. Gone. Tell me the story. Uh, the plug-in electric vehicle I read from, uh, what am I reading from? The Wall Street Journal today. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out as an engineering marvel introduced in 2010. 10. If you remember. Okay. It was, going, it was going to be the car for the environmentally conscious. Yes. Those who were intelligent enough to care for the earth. Has it been usurped by the Tesla? Because certainly the Volt and the Tesla are miles apart well, in price. Well, they're miles apart in price. And also, I believe the Tesla did not enjoy nearly the uh, the American intervention that the Volt experienced. Mm, you mean the being propped up by the United exactly, States government? Exactly, exactly. The Volt became a symbol of the Obama administration's push for electric cars, if you remember, and a lightning rod for critics of the GM uh, bailout that uh-huh, they took, uh-huh. right? A $7,500 tax credit mm. that President Obama implemented helped make the car more affordable because its sticker price was thirty five grand. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so the government paid... GM seven thousand five hundred dollars for every single volt they sold. Holy smokes! What about the resale value is of a volt? About six dollars. I wonder. My neighbor, my neighbor still has that car. It sits up there. Well, it was a big money loser for GM. It cost a lot to build. It wasn't a big seller because of its high price, and people were skeptical because it was an American-made car. People were more willing to take to the Prius, um, way more than they the were Toyota. willing to take to the Volt. Yeah. yeah, wonder why? Just because it's a, it was a Chevy product. Well, I don't know. I mean, it says here, um, even with the tax credit, the Volt struggled to appeal to a broader base of consumers beyond environmentalists and tech savvy buyers. But the Prius is a, is a gas driven car. The well, it's a hybrid. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's a hybrid. U.S. sales peaked in 2016 at a paltry 25,000 vehicles, which is one fifth the number of Priuses. Wait, you mean they sold Priuses? in that year? Prius? 25,000. Prius that were sold that year. Twenty-five thousand. Yes. Yeah, so one fifth. So they. So the Toyota sells five times as many Priuses hmm. or Prii as uh, the Volts. I don't day. want to bring this up, but I'm going to. All right. You sort of hit a sore spot here. Oh. You know, this is just me. Uh, this is just me that I have a bone to pick with certain people groups who buy certain cars. Top of that list, Prius owners. I didn't know. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. What's the problem? Well, you know, you buy a Prius. I, I'm sure that there's been psychological profiles of people who are attracted to certain vehicles, sure. right? Yeah, it's like people who look like their dogs. Right. So if you're buying a Prius, I would think, you know, you're, you know, not to, I'm not trying to downgrade anybody. You know, you're a tree hugger and you're trying to save the earth. Mm-hmm. You're doing the right thing. Right. They drive like maniacs. I'm just telling you. Prius owners, that's exactly it. I don't, Here's the deal. I don't think you can talk across oh, the board like the that, John. There it goes. Here's the problem. These things, they are not big, heavy-duty, powerful cars. But every time I'm driving, those Priuses fly by at 80 miles an hour. They think they're king of the road. Would you just relax? You're driving a Prius. That's just my bias. Wow. So you feel like as they're trying to embrace the earth, they're also trying to pass you in traffic and you don't like them doing both things. Maybe it's something psychologically with me that I've, you know, I don't know, but I just see that. I got to go, mm-hmm. hold on there. If you really want to save the earth, let's slow it. Take 10 miles off that. Take your foot off the pedal there, would you please? Wow. I mean, your your engine is way bigger than the engine in a Prius. I, it is. It is. And I don't want to, you know, show it up. You have, I mean, six, you have six cylinders, I mean, six whole cylinders, I mean, you? it is a Ford-Tar station wagon. But it's I mean, six cylinders, right? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I got a paltry four. I believe Mike does as well. There you go. Mike, don't you have four cylinders? Heck yeah, I do. Mike's driving a Civic? No, no. He's trying to, he's driving a Toyota. Oh, that's Aren't right. Aren't you? Or is it a Toyota? Or is, yeah. Mm-hmm. 180,000 miles nice. right now. Nice, Mike. I salute you. Good for you. Anyway, if you're a Prius driver, just slow down out there, little buster. Would you please? Just slow down. So tell me about John. <laughs> As I, tried, as I tried to change, I mean, I, I don't want all the Prius users to like hate our show. I'm not you know, you know what happened with the little hugs. I'm okay, say- do we yeah. have to go there again? Prius manager is going to call in. Oh, exactly. Please. No, no. All I'm of a just- sudden, we're getting emails. Listen, no, no. I'm just saying, I like the Prius. The drivers. Oh, now oh okay. Now all right. Now let's. They're a little suspect. Statement. Just all a little right. suspect. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about this Dutch church service, John. Oh, my goodness gracious, that never yeah. ends. Okay. Here's the cool thing. So when you think about you know organized religion, especially Christianity in, in, in Europe, right, it has suffered mightily yes, it has. over the intervening decades. Now, here's, here's the weird thing. Under an obscure Dutch law, police may not disrupt a church service to make an arrest. And so for the past six weeks... <laughs> Immigration officials have been unable to enter Bethel Church in the Netherlands to seize the five members of the Tamarazan family who are Armenian refuge who fled to the sanctuary to escape a deportation order. Oh, wow. So they're refugees. They've taken refuge in the church. Yes. And so the church is coming around them and they're... Yes. And now it used to be just a local sort of a small town issue. Now it has become a gigantic national issue about worship and coming to worship to support Armenian refugees in the Netherlands. The service, which began in late October, a little-noticed last-gap measure by a small group of local ministers, is now a national movement attracting clergy members and congregants from villages and cities across the Netherlands. More than 550 pastors from about 20 denominations have rotated through Bethel Church, a non-stop service, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in all the names of protecting one vulnerable family. It is about practicing what we preach, said Pastor Vandermart, as uh, they sped through downtown Holland's A. Ford Highway towards the church to make sure that they're on time to pass the baton from one pastor to another. So this is a church filibuster. It exactly is. Wow. Six weeks into it. That's way longer than senators or congressmen have been able to do. that right, yeah. It's fabulous, isn't it? Wow. 
So they found they found a little route. A little loophole. They found a loophole, and they're mm-hmm. going to exploit it. Yep, I like it. So it's been going on for six weeks. Six weeks, and there are no end in sight. I mean, who doesn't love nonstop worship? There's a little slice of heaven right now happening in the Netherlands, and it doesn't include a Prius. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Are we taking a break? Oh, no. No, we're not taking a break. No. Listen. Um, Christmas is upon us. Is it not? What is the date today? I don't know. What's the date? 10th. 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 15 days. Mm-hmm. Near two weeks until Christmas Day. I saw this in uh, Relevant Magazine. 25 easy ways to have the best Christmas ever. Oh, all right. Okay. I'm ready. So, you know, this is uh, Relevant, an interesting magazine in that I-, I would say it's for the hipster Christian among us. I agree. Would you not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I'm not I knocking too. it. You know, I'm sure they're endorsing Priuses. But uh, I'm just saying, it's for the hipsters. Anyway, first thing here's here's the here's the blueprint blueprint. Sorry, to have a great Christmas, buy a Charlie Brown Christmas and then put it on repeat. That's what they're saying. The CD or first the step, video? The CD. Okay, great. That's a perfect idea. It is the absolutely most ideal Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Never before has a cartoon soundtrack been so classy That's and right. so perfect for so many different reasons. Yep. Uh, who's the composer? Oh, it's uh, Vince. Vince Guaraldi. Yes. yes. That's Thank you for giving me the Vince. Yep. Uh, surprise a neighbor, a colleague, or a stranger with a freshly baked treat. No fruitcakes, please. How's your How's your baking? Because usually you make about 8 million cookies. Not a thing. little deficient right this year. Okay. All right. Uh, how about reading Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol mm, this year? Nice idea. Speaking of Christmas Carol. Our friend. Tim Hartman. In it again. For the 26th consecutive season it's impressive wow oh my goodness listen i did it for four years i thought my head was going to explode (laughs) i did it's like driving a prius (laughs) oh about 50 times worse i mean i did the christmas carol down at clo for four years i played jacob marley it was a lot of fun it's a lot of work it helps your christmas because you're in front of a live audience every day sure but god bless tim oh Tim Tim Hartman and Jeff Howell, another friend, 26 consecutive seasons. Now, it reminds me, we had friends at our wedding, my wife's uh, best friends, uh, Jack and what's her name? I haven't seen, I've seen her for since I got married. Uh, I forget. They were in the original production of Cats, and they came to our wedding. My wife danced with uh, this woman. I don't even know her name. <laughs> She's at my wedding. I love her. Ah, you know I love her. Listen, she danced like crazy. They were in the original product. They were in Cats every day for 13 straight years. Jeez. Listen to me. Talk about your head exploding. Listen, and that, I I think that show's unbearable. 13 straight. They performed every role. They were they were swing understudies. Oh. They met, got married, had children, bought an apartment in Manhattan, and then at the end of 13 years, they both cashed out, moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, and they started their own dance studio. Wow. It set them up for life. But 13 years of cats. If you heard Midnight, Not a Sound from the Pavement, would you want to just put oh, a pencil in your eye? Oh, gracious. Holy smokes. Yeah. But anyway, they, when they came to dance at our wedding, I was like, let's clear the dance floor. Here, come, here comes Jack. <laughs> and... <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> Who I don't really know. <laughs> but they I, love, I love Jack and her. No, I I do love her. They're my they're friends of my wife. She must yeah. be a Prius owner. They're my friends of my wife. <laughs> she is. No, she probably owns a Jeep. 
They're probably friends of my wife. I mean, they were probably. They were friends of my wife. They are friends of my wife. <laughs> this is degenerating. <laughs> can, can this be over? <laughs> we were just talking about Christmas. I'll turn it into cats. Sorry. <laughs> God bless you all. We'll take a break. Come back. Mom, you've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Sylvania is always looking to improve their headlights to help people see farther and drive safer. So they developed their Silver Star Ultra headlights to have greater clarity and the brightest downroad visibility. So now you can see what you've been missing. Sylvania, think farther down the road. Hey, we're back. Yeah. Okay, so we uh, we digressed a little bit. We first so, started to talk about... <laughs> I think Mike and I were trying to stay on the straight and narrow. <laughs> trying. Okay. failing miserably. Anyway, I was talking about 25 uh, easy ways to have the best Christmas ever. This is an odd uh, sort of suggestion. Uh, <laughs> it's from Relevant Magazine. Number six, I, uh, find a, a way to smell some good old-fashioned wood smoke. A camp out, a bonfire, a fireplace, or even a metal trash can full of Home Depot scraps. Great. So we're sniffing trash cans. <laughs> just make it happen, whatever it takes. It doesn't smell like Christmas to me. What? Home Depot? Well, no. I mean, just wood smoke. I mean, it smells like winter, which is good. Yeah. Congratulations on all your success. You smell terrific. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, you know, this is just I mean, somebody. I was in the strip a couple weeks ago, and I went up to the balsam... <clears throat> You know, wreaths, and I I just... Smelled that. Yeah, because that's awesome. Listen, I'll I'll bring this up. (laughs) My next-door neighbor and my guy who lives diagonally from across the street, they have wood-burning stoves. Holy smokes. I mean, talk about... That really makes the whole neighborhood look like London. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Whenever they're cranking that thing... I mean, yesterday, after the Steeler game... I thought, oh, there's a smog alert going on. They must have just channeled all their anxiety into their wood. Cause that, At least they had a place to channel their anxiety. Smokes. How about this? Uh, oh, this was this is kind of a thing that's kind of come and, come and gone. Uh, number 11, create a flash mob of generosity. Remember the flash mobs? 
I like the flash mobs. Yeah, me like too. Like all of a sudden everybody's singing Handel's Messiah. But then they're gone. What, right. When's the last time you saw a flash mob? I haven't seen one. Okay, so they're saying create a flash mob of generosity. Make some uh, Salvation Army Ringers Day by coordinating a group that fills the little red bucket with rapid fire sending donations. Here's a quarter, Merry Christmas. Here's a dollar, Merry Christmas. Here's a check for $200 donated from our college ultimate team. Happy New Year. Then dare that kindly bell ringer not to be filled with goodwill toward men. This is someone working late, I think. Yeah, I that that seems like it would be intimidating to the poor Salvation Army worker. <laughs> Although I was going into a Giant Eagle the other day, and the Salvation Army person ringing the kettle, mm-hmm. she was bringing it. Oh, was she? Good oh, it was her. like sort of like a jazz oh. scat version of whatever oh, she I like was doing. That. Yeah, she was working it good. Uh, make sure to, this is number seventeen. Make sure to get outside and play in the snow. Nope, absolutely cannot tolerate playing in the snow ever. Don't forget to didn't catch. like it when I was nine. What? Don't like it now. What? What? You never, don't like it? Never ever liked playing. Did you like the cold? Nope, didn't like the cold. Didn't you have didn't a pair? Of, how about some snow pants? I had snow pants. Then so you really weren't that cold. No, you're cold. What? I never, never a single time in my life liked playing in the snow. I'm, I'm like gap mouth. I know. How can you even say that? You- I feel I I feel kind of badly about it, but then I realize that I just need to be who I am, and so I just no always. No, I mean I sledded. No snowmen. No I, ice skating. I made, I made snowmen. I was a lousy ice skater. I but just you- I really don't like being cold like that. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I like it. I like being out there. Good. I, I want I, you to I, go I out there. It's I know Mike loves it, too. I want you guys to go out and play in the snow. I'm can- hoping. Wait till that first big snow comes. I love that so much. Don't you love it, Mike? I, I mean, wait, wait until you get your kid on, on the uh, sled. That's what I'm waiting for. Oh, that is so much fun. I want to build a snowman with Holy him. smokes. That is a lot of fun. I always felt guilty. Why? Because you felt you didn't like it. Because I didn't like it. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I went I, out. Were, Most of the time, I will say, I will tell you, my under, husband is the one that did the playing in the snow with the kids. Oh, that's okay. As long as one of you were out there having a good time. Well, but even I don't as know. a kid, though, you felt guilty. No, no, as a kid, I just didn't like it. I just, it was just really? way too cold. It's wet. It's just not my thing. Okay, well, that's okay. Just personal preference. It is a personal preference. You know, how about some cocoa when you came in? Fine. A little marshmallow. I feel good about and that. And a good book. And how about a candy cane? I'm not a big candy cane fan. I like the candy cane in the hot chocolate. Oh, that is bad. I never tried that. I'll no, try don't that. do that, Mike. Why would well, it's don't? It's like candy cane overload. No, it's no, mint no, no. and chocolate together, which is one of the most divine taste treats. That is not good. No, don't do that. I know what Santa's going to get John for Christmas if he's a bad boy. If he's on the naughty list. Well, I'm not on the naughty oh, list. Please, stocking what are you full, a stocking full of candy canes and a Prius in your driveway. Oh, come on, a Prius. <laughs> Well, if I owned a Prius, I would drive sensibly. Oh, would you? All of a sudden, it'd be okay. <laughs> I, I'm not saying, listen, I got nothing against the Prius. Mm. It's the drivers of, of the, the Prius. Prius. Hey, we got an announcement. Yeah, what's the announcement? Oh, today is your birthday. Oh, whose birthday? Is this Cass? It's not my birthday. Mike, oh. is it your birthday? Nope, it's not my birthday. John? Not my birthday. No, but it's a good birthday. Oh, That's yes. Right. Kenny, Kenny, uh, over the weekend was his birthday, right? But we it celebrated it today. Because you don't want to miss out on celebrating Kenny's no, birthday. Kenny, you Woods, we love if, Kenny. If you're not familiar with Kenny, Kenny does the morning oh, show here at Word FM. He's a funny guy. He is a hilarious person. He really is. Here's the deal. Kenny Woods used to play the oldies. Now Kenny Woods is the oldie. Oh, okay. Kenny. 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 No, I mean, it. I mean, join the club, Kenny. I'm just saying. Dig you, man. We love you, Ken. 
Kenny long. Woods. Wonder if Timmy the intern is doing something special for Kenny because Kenny's been a supervisor all this time. Maybe. Oh, can you imagine? Poor Kenny. I feel bad about that. That job description for Kenny. How did he get involved in that? I don't know. But hey, speaking of uh, our Christmas contest. Oh, yeah, Timmy where the intern. In the, where in the world's Christmas Timmy? Holy smokes, yeah. So uh, every day or thereabouts, we've been posting a photo of Timmy the intern on our Facebook page. And travel along. Write down the location where Timmy is. And then on December the 19th, you submit all of your correct, we hope, answers. And if you are chosen as the winner, you win yourself a Springhouse gorgeous Christmas ham. Track along. The Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.